Mudo um, is here. Good morning, Insisto. Great to see you. It's been a few weeks since we last saw. Good morning, Rosie. Correct. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. Uh, not really. I saw you this year. It's not like what, this, four weeks ago. So. This year is almost fast spent. Yeah, February. The second month is almost gone. I don't know where 2021 is going to. Can we tell it to slow down? Well, it's trying to usher in 2022. No, no. Okay, ushering. Okay, I thought you said outshine 2021. Well, ushering 2022, maybe. Are we ready for that? Whatever. We hope that we can utilize how fast this year is going. It's so great to have you once again. Now, let's talk uh, business. We are looking at um, crime risk factors. Help for the youth. First of all, um, Nsisong is a counseling psychologist and a lecturer, Department of Educational Foundation, Guidance and Counseling, University of You. How are you now? How are your students? How was the exam? Was it very difficult? Um, I like to ask lecturers that question because <laughs> I think that somehow they can be too tough. What, what would the expectation be? I mean, after the strike, just allow people to pass, you know. Well, we <laughs> even though we, we didn't have to pamper them, but we, okay. we, we were kind enough to um, kind enough. keep it easy. Uh, okay, you're done with your examinations? Yeah, um, regular students are done with theirs. Now we are mm. focusing on the part-time student. I see. All right. All the best to you, lecturers. Now let's get straight to this. Why is this topic important before we even get to it, Zef? Well, you crime know, um, factors. the truth about crime and crime prevention is that for much of the, the time, we've been focusing on... Um, Catching, catching the criminals, locking them up, correcting them, and um, is that not what it should be? And in over time, we've realized that um, while that works, okay, it, it 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 helps tame the tide of crime, no doubt. But when we talk about preventing, it's best to adopt a proactive um, approach or measure, trying to prevent the crime, avoid them happening in the first instance, not waiting for them to happen before you now find out what to do. And um, as far as um, young persons are concerned, if we want to help them avoid crimes, we have to work with them. Mm. Have to work with them. And so we are thinking of um, those things that uh, may predispose them to crime, to criminality. Mm. And then see what we can do around those factors to help prevent you know them getting to crimes into in the crime. first instance mm. now you just mentioned that the society is highly a proactive so not a proactive society reactive. reactive you know um and yes to a large extent we can agree that that is something that it's part of the nigerian society not only nigerian it's global global mm. okay but since we're here in nigeria and this one happens a lot you know we have to say that um you 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 want us to start dealing with the roots that's very important very How do important. we start from? That's now, where we would keep For today's this. discourse, we think it's best we look at three areas. We okay. think of um, unemployment or lack of skills for employment. Mm. Then we think of school exclusion. Mm. Students get expelled from school, things like that. And then we also look at... Um, um, what's the other part? Um, the, the one of school exclusion and poor educational attainment. Uh, yes, but let's poor get educational to, attainment. Let's get to the first one. You mentioned lack of skill for employment and unemployment. Are you merging them in one? Well, uh, to an extent, but I'm more inclined towards the first one, lack of skills for employment. All right, let's, let's no, break that down. The truth is, for some time now, we've been, you know, um, we know there are no employment opportunities, there are scarce, people are unemployed, they're looking for jobs, no jobs to be found. But I think the reality is that we've actually been looking for jobs that do no longer exist. The majority come to school, um, we ask them, what do you want to study? They mention some of those basic courses. 
Mm. And after graduation, where are they heading? Civil service, public service. And these are jobs that no longer exist. Do you understand? And so we'll keep sending them out into society after completing education without skills that are needed in society. Can we truly say that of the Nigerian youths of today? I mean, if, if, if you look at what's happening, it's the ICT age, technology age, and you see what young people are doing and you can still say that there's lack of skills. Now, when you, when you think of that, you'd appreciate the fact that most of those skills who, are, who have the, 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 the ICT skills that are in need, that are needed, they didn't actually acquire those ones in school. They may have studied this and that, you know, through the university, but then the skills that are putting food on that table are the ones they may have acquired, okay. you know, through self-development, uh. blogging, flogging, those kind of things. These things are not taught in schools. And yet it's bringing big-time cash to these young ones. And sometimes it appears that we as the um, older society seem not to quite understand what they're doing online, how they're making their money, it's more convenient to dub them um, internet frosters. Yeah, that you get and stigmatize them. Mm. And so some of these young guys will go into hiding. They won't even be able to talk about what they're doing online and all those kind of things. Well, we're not. Um, the intention was not to dwell on that, but you'd find um, a very big divide between the skills that youth have and the ones that are needed. Okay. And that's the reason why unemployment is biting very hard, especially in this part of the world. So we need to um, start thinking of um, what is needed. Normally, the school system was designed to respond to societal needs but it appears i I don't even remember when we last had um curriculum conference where people sit back to check what's needed in society and let the the school curriculum reflect that so that by the time students now come out of school the experiences they would have acquired would have prepared them for what's needed i can't even remember the last time we had nigeria is failing in this regard because i I do know that i've read that in some countries this you know curriculum change happens often frequently in Asian countries. Because a lot yeah. is changing mm. and rapidly too. So we are quite, uh, we are lacking behind in that area. Why do you think we haven't come to that realization yet, though? That this is a new world and that the old way, um, to, so to some extent, has to give way for the new ways? Well, without trying to indict any sector, I think we've done a lot of politics with a lot of things. So by the time we start um, avoiding uh, playing politics with a lot of those mm. things, we'll start doing the right things. But it's a reality that if we must help youths avoid crimes, we must get them prepared for jobs, jobs that exist, jobs that now exist, not the kind of jobs we used to know, mm. but the ones that are now in vogue, the ones that now need people to, you know, come in, uh, have those skills and bring other services and, you know, make ends meet. So that's an important aspect. Youths need skills that are in vogue, that are in need in society. Now, apart from that, we also talk about employment itself. Before this time, we know it's a government that has done the bulk of job creation. As if it's our thing. It's, if government does not provide job, then nobody provides. Now, granted, we've also noticed that um, so many private, uh, so many individuals in the private sector are making making a lot of efforts to come into this aspect. Well, when you notice what they're doing, is actually a, a situation where they're trying to, to also create ventures for themselves where they can make money. Profit-making ventures, okay? Mm-hmm. So, when you think of um, the, the sheer lack of many of such opportunities for youth, and the, the, the number, the, you know, we, we, in, in, in Nigeria, the majority of the populace is in the younger you know, uh, group. Yeah, younger generation. Yeah. Now, when you look at the sheer number of young people who are out there looking for jobs, and then you look at the fact that government, who's, you know, before this time been at the forefront creating jobs, are no longer able to do so. And the fact that only few individuals are, are, are key players in the mm. um, you know, private sector creating jobs. 
you now realize that there's so much that needs to be done so what i'm actually thinking is we must help youth stay away from crimes we must consciously create ventures where these ones can be engaged you know productively and if we're able to do that we're not thinking in terms of um what kind of um industry i need to to mm. open to make money but we are thinking of what kind of um industry what kind of service industries or production industries whatever can be created so that the diverse you know youth population can be gainfully employed can be engaged productively mm-hmm. let it be that the intent of creating those jobs is born out of forethought about the needs of the youth then when, when that is done, you see that it will be easy to absorb them, to get them engaged in those sectors. We'll be able to create ventures that actually would be suitable for them, that they'll find interesting to work in. You know, not creating a soap-making factory when soap-making is not attractive to the youth. Not creating a, a toothpick industry, for example, where how many youth want to, you know, work where they make toothpicks? Do you understand me? Youths are interested in ICT, so do we have ventures where they can actually go and learn skills, um, learn how to do video editing, you know, all those ICT, you know, inclined stuff. We need to create more of those because that's what is attracting them. When they go online on social media, that's what they're seeing. That's what they're seeing. So we should give them what they desire. That divide as we see it right now is um, one of the major causes for unemployment, as you would say. Exactly. Wow, crazy. Now, away from... um, having skills for employment and um, creating opportunities for the, these job seekers to get employed. We also talked about um, schooling. Oh, well, a lot has been done in our educational sector to help, to help generally, to help with um, the education of youth, to help with um, the sheer number of people that need, you know, that require education and all that. But also, we also want to think of um, how much education these youth are getting. We tend to find so many of our schools being overcrowded. That in itself is a problem because it appears that being in a certain school now predicts criminality. Ordinarily, being in a school should, you know, be able to keep one away from crime. But in our own crime, it appears that being in a certain school is likely going to make you a criminal. And, and what, when you mean certain school, what... Well, we know like schools it? locally. I don't want to mention names that are prone to violent crimes and, government and, and, and or private schools. Crimes. I mean, we're, we're talking about it. We're looking at the way forward. So Does this really happen with government schools? Is this government very school common, based? Okay. Very common. So, what we are saying in a sense is, can we do something about the congestion in schools and create the kind of learning environment where there's adequate supervision, there's adequate control, enough um there are enough hands to um discipline the student monitor their behavior you know not it, it should go beyond curricular education mm. there are so many other things that come into development which is adequate which is lacking which is lacking okay which is not adequate so when we start looking at those other aspects of um, students development besides the knowledge content besides mm. uh, what the curriculum offers the, the, the one that has to do with their attitudes, their social life, other soft skills, life skills. When we have the, the time to look at those areas and provide what is needed, then you see we'll be able to create individuals who are more disciplined, mm. who are, um, uh, you know, uh, socially, I, I don't want to say um, they can't be perfect, okay, but 
you can see that prosociality in everything they're okay. doing. Now, let me just uh, um, chip in this uh, question. Is there a relationship between how the Nigerian society is, family society is, and what we see in these schools, how they are taught? Is there any kind of relationship between what they have in their homes and what we have in the schools? Based on what you just said, going outside the curricula and teaching other skills, is there a relationship? Um, normally the school would reflect the society and sometimes um, both uh, would impact on each other. Generally, we know that families are in, 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 a, in a great deal of stress. A lot has gone wrong. A lot of broken homes, a lot of, uh, even though the family may be intact, but so many things are not working the way it should mm. be. You have absent parents, you have parents who are less affair, you have a lot of things that are not supposed to be. Mm. And so normally these children take whatever they learn from home into school and when they're in school it's expected that there will be some moderating influence you know from the teachers who are expected to play also the role of parent mm. but where this is also lacking it gets worse is it possible also that some of these parents are teachers, teachers who are broken you get the picture. Um, yes so they they often um, take it out on these students mm. and i tell you where the teachers i know well I, we don't even have enough school counselors but where we have them if the teachers and the school counselors, in fact, all the school personnel, if, if they are not able to act with sympathy and you can say empathy and consideration towards the student, if they are not able to tolerate the students, teach them with this level of kindness that the child should be able to perceive that, okay, this teacher loves me and means well for me and wants the best you know, out of me, then you see that they end up provoking um, um, disruptive behavior you okay. know, among the students. You find out where um, students begin to gang up against teachers because that teacher is always doing this, always doing, doing things they don't like. Let me just chip in here. As we saw, I know you saw that um, report in Calabar that uh, a, a, a young girl had to carry a dang gun to school. Why? She wants to, you know, she, she teacher, shoot the teacher because he talked about the heck. Which it's a direct example of what you're just talking so, about. So why did she have to do that? Because she felt the teacher did something which, you know, warranted that behavior. But you see, it's also because the teachers still need a, a lot of um, training and, and help to know how to act towards students. There are many things you don't take personal when you're dealing with students. You have to act professionally. And yet in our school systems, how many professional teachers do, do we, we have? have? And even the few that we have, how professional are they? If we want to scrutinize the, the training they got, the system through which they were groomed mm -hmm. and all that. So you see, a lot, of, a, a lot of things are actually wrong. So, but we are emphasizing here that the teachers have a role to play. If they must help these kids learn to avoid criminal behavior, it all starts with how they treat them. They need to know that there are things they do with students and it could provoke, you know, violent crimes. It could make them do the things they shouldn't do. Especially and there's another way, years. yes, there's another way you, re, you behave with students, you, you groom them and you become friends with them. Not that you are condoning the, the things they do, but you're firm when it's necessary, you're flexible when it's appropriate. And that way you're able to groom these kids to see life the way it should be and learn pro-social behavior from you, the teacher. Okay, so teachers have that role to play. In fact, everyone in the school system have a role to play if, if they pay attention to it. Because if, if they're not playing their role well, 
then definitely we should expect high rates of crime from students, whether at the secondary school level or at the university level. Mm. There will always be that in a spillover effect of what they get from teachers or what they got from school, which were not moderated, and so they're now thinking that's the norm. Mm. And oftentimes they get into uh, problems that land them in the correctional centers. So if we must prevent these crimes, we must help these youths to overcome or to avoid getting into those crimes, then we must be able to groom them to groom them, to educate, to teach them beyond the classroom. All our interactions with them should give them something, something that should add value to them, that should change their attitude positively, that should change the way they view the world, the, the way they see things, the way they respond to things, okay? The, we should be able to add to them and, and help them improve in those areas. Now, now before we take a, a break, you talked about school exclusion. How does that come in? Well, um, How is that a factor? We, we think of expelling students from, from school. It's very common practice. When a child is we wrong... We think or we do? No. <laughs> do we think or do we do it? That's we, we do it. We do it. We do it. So, it's very common. When, it, when a student is rough, they say, this one does not belong here, go home and stay. You know, mm. sending students home doesn't really solve the problem. You get the picture. You're against expulsion. Well, it's wrong in so many ways. There are many other positive alternatives to exclusion. There are many positive um, alternatives. So I think it's time we start exploring those alternatives. When you send a child home, what do you want him to go and do at home? Well, some would argue and ask you, what of the reason for expulsion? Oh, this child has become a nuisance. He's probably become a tyrant. Um, we can't control him anymore. The best is to let him go. Now, look at the worst case scenario. Where a child, his presence in a school may pose harm to others or to uh, himself. He'll need to be excluded. But where should he be isolated or kept away? Do you understand? If you let him on the loose, he's going to create more problems. He's going to the parents. He or she's going back to the parents. Well, he, came, the from, he came from the parents. You've, you know, That's when you give thought to that, you know that we need to do a lot more than send him back to where he came from. Perhaps the things he's doing in school, he brought them from the background where he came from. Mm. And he's here where he could receive expert help. So why do we send him back to where he came from? We should do something. So we'll go, we'll explore some positive right. alternatives when we get back. Yes, let's let's take this short break. And this is a very interesting conversation because we are all guilty in a way. And sometimes we think, oh, it's discipline is the best way to go. But if you're listening and um, you definitely want to get more, just stage show in Sisong Door, counseling psychologist is still with us, um, dropping truths and germs about the crime risk factors. And I love the angle that he's been going on all through. Just before the break, we're talking about expulsion well i don't i think i should use the word the evil that expulsion is and he says you know that there are better ways we can handle this and that's what we'll be talking about just before the show um, wraps up what other ways can we handle dealing with um, a child who has gone beyond um you know has gone above and doing crazy things in school and for that particular crime or offense the school says this is an expulsion that you have to have you are saying it is not a good thing so what other ways can we handle this Let's think of the case of, um, let's say the worst case scenario, a terrible student that you don't want in your school. The government should be able to put up a place where students like that could be taken to temporarily for some um, up, up, uh, managed uh, instruction. What happens at that place? It's, um, you think of uh, the juvenile correction centers that we have. Mm. something like that but not exactly that you know there you have people who have been convicted of crimes mm. but they're not old enough to be in the regular correctional centers mm. okay so they have the juvenile correctional centers now apart from those kind of places they should also have 
schools for difficult students where they can be given individualized support this they are, they, are, they are still having their regular schooling in that place okay but they're taken out of the the class where they were where they were creating the problem mm. and isolated for a while or maybe in, in the mix of other students and then they're monitored closely that they're given psychosocial support okay besides their normal education is it possible too that some of these students that we have tagged or termed you know terrible students is because they may be going through some form of a mental health situation that nigeria does not pay enough attention that is why they need the psychosocial support i mentioned Mm. because behind every problem behavior there's a cause Mm-hmm. And so when they are taken out like that, it will give the experts the opportunity to closely monitor them, try to identify the cause of their problem behaviors and see how they can be assisted. Then once they've been able to learn um, coping skills or social skills that can make them function you know, adequately within other, among other people, then they can be taken back to their school. Mm. Now they're different. Now they've learned some new things. Now they can act differently. And they can identify their, their, yes. their situation. Like, sorry, I just have to, like, those who have bipolar. Uh, may not necessarily be bipolar. No, I feel like those. That means it's not have, all of them. Have you heard of um, oppositional, oppositional defiance disorder? No, I haven't heard that one. Uh, imagine someone that's to out research. to oppose anything um, or anything do not. They want that because they want to go against that it. That is something. It's a problem. Wow. So there are problems like that that deep you know and very very strange okay so we need experts to actually walk through these issues and help the kids overcome them the truth is they can learn to overcome them because the the the, uh, nobody is beyond help okay Okay. now that's just one case Uh, we call it um short-term off-site support now apart from creating places like that we also have um for for those cases that may not be that uh, serious we have internal exclusion okay we are within the same school this kid could be um, taken away from where he is creating problem maybe from his regular class mm. and he's given um some time off in maybe the resource room to study alone i um, think in us they call it detention uh, yeah, yeah like something like that. Yeah. Okay, so they're excluded from the regular group. They're, they belong, you know, mm. temporarily. Yeah. And the essence is for them to realize that, see, what you did was wrong. And you could, you could miss a whole lot if you keep doing this. Because, you know, when crimes are committed, you get taken out of the regular society. You lose your freedom. You lose mm. a lot. So these kids need to have a test of that. And it's not something they would want. And then learn that it's better to do this and that, you know, not to get into this corner. Okay. Right. We have to stop here, Mrs. Song. I think you may have to come back some other time. Um, this is quite um, an interesting topic. And in order uh, to have the society in on eliminating these risk factors, crime risk factors, everyone has to be in hand. And we have to talk more about it. Thank you so much, Mrs. Song. It's been it's good to be here. Always a pleasure to talk with you. Yeah, same you here. are really deep. I love that about you. Thank you so much. And thank you too to yeah. the Nigerian Correctional Service, thank you for making our resource personnel available on the show. As we will end this, I end this saying, remember that the, a crime-free society starts with you and it's not something we should shy away from. We need to own up to the fact that we do have a problem and we have to find ways in settling it. You don't want to get corrected in the correctional center, do you? Do you want to do that? Do you? They don't eat too much food there. Forget. Eat like once a day. You don't want to do that. My name is Rosie. God bless you. Stay safe. Have a great Tuesday. Coming up is the headline.